Hello and uh, welcome back to the Football Index podcast and it's time for another episode where we get taken over by a football analyst or expert and today I'm joined by Kevin McGuinness who his expertise is in Dutch football in the Eredivis. Uh, Kevin why don't you introduce ourselves to uh, the listeners? Yeah uh, I, my name is Kevin McGuinness. I am like to think of myself as a football journalist, uh, but I do like the Eredivisie uh, and Dutch football, all the teams that come with it. It's a very, I think, a very exciting league, despite its downfall in recent years. Uh, and I'd hope you'd learn a few things uh, just from this podcast. <laughs> Brilliant. And uh, we had a little bit of a chat before we started, and you said you've, you've actually seen Football Index floating around on your twitter timeline and every other analyst that i've gotten before had never heard of it so uh why, why don't you tell us where you where you'd seen it before uh i just seen uh people talking about different talents uh from the i can't remember any names from the bundesliga uh i think i recall one guy who had donald glover as his profile picture <laughs> um uh but i've just heard some people talk about the different talents from uh different leagues and i thought yeah, that looks it looks interesting anyway. Um, it seems like there's a whole community of people. Like I click on some of their profiles and have football index in this this and that. Uh, but it certainly seems interesting. I didn't know it was so uh, big. Yeah, well, uh, it's actually starting in Ireland very, very soon. So uh, they're expanding to Ireland very soon. So uh, I don't know if you're Ireland-based, but I think you'll be able to, to have a look at it quite soon, Kevin. Yeah, I definitely would. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, uh, I think we'll get on with it because we had so many, so many questions. The first tweet got about six or seven questions and then I retweeted thinking maybe we can get another two or three in and we got another like 10. So uh, first of all, we're going we're gonna to talk about a few players. So uh, Delict is, is obviously a centre-half that has been linked to so many clubs for, for the last two transfer windows even. But certainly this summer, it looked like he was almost off. Why don't you tell us about him a little bit and and then maybe we can talk about how long he'll be at Ajax for because it looks like this guy is going to be on to, to some he's going to be on to big things isn't he? Well yeah he, he looks like uh, some talent and that's that saying something even for uh, somebody who plays for Ajax. He came into really prominence in the 2016-17 season when Ajax famously got to the Europa League final. He hadn't played uh, of course many league games uh, for the first team but it was thrust into the final and I think he I believe he was the youngest ever player to play in such a game but it was last season 2017-18 where he really like blossomed he was given uh, time valuable minutes since uh, Davinson Sanchez was so to Spurs and just really taken over the defence as his own like marshalling the players well and he's it's unbelievable. So young and so confident, and, and he's become like uh, not so long ago became the Ajax captain with Joel Veltman uh, being left out. But yeah, uh, seems like a massive talent. Uh, uh, what, what do you think his ceiling could be, Kevin? Like how how good could this kid be? Because a lot of people were already linking him to to the likes of Barcelona, and, and that seemed like a done deal at one point from from what I've heard. So how good could he become? He can. I generally think he could become uh, one of the best in the world in his position. I don't like to um, overrate players so much, but if you look at Delix, uh, he has he ticks so many boxes. Uh, confident, solid, 
committed and unlike so many players his age he has very good mentality i mean if you look at uh when ajax knocked out leon in the semis I think semis of the europa league he was singing chants with the away fans which is just amazing he seems like an ajax ultra uh, a bit but um yeah totally committed to ajax i don't believe he will um he will leave in the summer um naturally ajax and barcelona sort of have a a link if you you could say uh because of johan Krauf and sorts um so any player who's done who's doing amazing at ajax is not going to be linked to barcelona i don't think Ajax will put up a fight to to keep him as they should because uh, they will get a colossal fee if they choose to sell him. Um, I hope I hope he does stay uh, past summer. I do think he will. So, so you think he'll stay past next summer? Is is that what you're saying? Yeah, he, like he's been entrusted with the captaincy and just doesn't show any signs of leaving. That I know there have been rumors. Um, I think it was the Telegraph, the Dutch paper said. He requested him and some others requested to uh, they wanted to leave. I didn't believe that at all. He hasn't, unlike some other players, he hasn't fanned the flames of uh, rumors. Um, so yeah, I definitely do think he will stay. But wow. obviously, it's not. I'm not an ITK or anything. <laughs> yeah, so you never know in football, but it certainly seems that entrusting him with a captain's armband and uh, now that he's he's playing regularly for Holland as well, that's a big pointer as well. But uh, also, Barcelona have just signed uh, Clement Leglet, so again, they have PK and Titi and him. So is he going to want to go maybe to to a stepping stone of a club before he goes to Barcelona that that could also be a possibility in my eyes maybe a, a team that are just that rung below so that he could actually go in play first team and then move on to those world class the Real Madrid's the Bayern Munich's the the Barcelona's so we'll definitely keep our eye on that I guess another player that was linked heavily to Barcelona again was uh, Frankie de Jong, a, a guy who's renowned for his, his passing range and his passing accuracy, but also dribbling out from that deep-lying uh, playmaking role. Why don't you tell us a bit about him? Uh, maybe give us his ceiling as well and, and where he's most likely to end up. Big fan of Frankie de Jong. It's, his background is a bit interesting. He uh, he was born uh, about 50 kilometers from Rotterdam, but instead chose to sign on for the Willem II Youth Academy instead of Feyenoord, who is supposedly who is uh, family supported. But he went on from Willem II to Ajax for a reported just literally one euro. <laughs> what? Why don't you elaborate? Like, give us a bit more on that. <laughs> uh, well, that's the that's how the rumors and some other sites said he went for one euro, but Ajax <laughs> loaned Ajax loaned uh, three players back to Willem too. Okay, uh, none of whom are doing so well as, as De Jong now. So def- Ajax definitely got the better deal there. Well, for one euro, that's that seems like a bargain. He did. Uh, he was thrust into the young Ajax, which is the sort of reserves and. Did so well there uh, in midfield under uh, Marcel Kaiser. Uh, then when Peter Bosch was he he, uh, he left for Dortmund, uh, 
as you said, De Jong then became first team player and was placed in in defence, but he acted as a how would you say a liberal, so a ball playing centre back. He would venture forward and just like Delict, he was so confident he would take on players and create space, whatever. But so uh, so confident, excellent passing, could retain the ball so well, makes these short passes and then in an instant makes long passes. Ajax like to play a very expansive game. So he would always look to feed uh, one of the wingers who were Cloyvert, Neres, or Yunez. He has been likened. I have seen some bit of a ludicrous comparisons to Franz Beckenbauer because <laughs> he was um, a midfielder and they uh, was trans- transitioned into a defender, which is obviously just a ridiculous comparison. But he has said that the scenario of being uh, played as a centre-back was only a temporary measure this season now in the qualifiers he has um been pushed up back to midfield with Lasse Schöne and Donny van der Beek played as a it's unknown where his best position exactly is in midfield he can play as a six or a box-to-box or even as a 10 I prefer to see him as a box-to-box that's where he played for the young uh, Netherlands sides and of course it's a uh, amazing he's got his first call-up for the Netherlands some days ago from Ronald Koeman uh, for the matches against Peru and France. But he's definitely a player who seems to fit the Barcelona uh, identity. That's why so many are drawn to him. And do you think that's where he'll likely end up next summer or even in January? I don't think January, no. uh, I don't even think in the summer, I hope, anyway. I, I don't think he's good enough just to go into Barcelona. He'd have to go, as you say, for Delict to go to uh, possibly to a stepping stone club. He definitely needs another a solid season as a midfielder to really figure out his position. Yeah, it's too much. Like we've seen so many times in the Eredivisie that players leave too early. It would just be a shame to see De Jong leave already. So I do think he will stay past the summer. Mm, interesting. And another player that you mentioned very briefly there that he, he plays in midfield with is Donny van der Beek. So why don't you talk to us a bit about him as well? What kind of player is he? I, I believe he's more of a goal-scoring midfielder rather than that kind of uh, ball-playing number six or delightling playmaker like Frankie de Jong. So what what kind of player is he like? And uh, he's also been linked to a few clubs. So what are the chances that, that he gets a move between now and next summer? Well, really, a, a powerful box-to-box midfielder. He, like the other two, he really got his chance uh, when some players left. In this case, Davy Klassen left for Everton. This freed up a spot in the midfield, and he did did really well last season. He is he did play mostly as a box-to-box, not necessarily a ten, but he did get do well in the final third. Like he got, I think, eleven goals, which is an, which is incredible for a midfielder. I think how many? Uh, I think. A good chunk of them came against the one team, NSA Breda. But he is typical Ajax midfielder. Uh, flex- can flexible, can play 6, 8 and 10. Excellent retaining possession. And knows when to make smart passes. Not so reckless like, say, uh, Hakim Ziyech, who gambles a bit more. But he isn't the fastest of players. But he is very intelligent. Uh, knows when to make the run or not and that's one of the reasons why he's got so many goals he knew when to uh, make the forward runs as a shuttling sort of midfielder and obviously as a boxer boxing fielder would track back also a talent he has during the Champions League qualifiers I think he was 
benched for the second leg against Sturm Graz and also for the matches against Standard Liège. Uh, and he was quoted to have said some uh, not so nice comments about the manager. Might have been hit of the moment, I guess. But <laughs> for because Lasse Schöne was opted instead, I guess, to balance the midfield more because uh, there was a lot at stake. But he said he would want to be trusted more and he doesn't know what will happen in the future. But I think seems more, uh, it doesn't seem as likely to stay as the other two. Oh, really? And and what clubs would be vying for his signature? It wouldn't be, I wouldn't, I can't imagine the likes of Chelsea or Liverpool uh, would go in for him. Um, I don't think he's at that level just yet. Uh, he could, he would, I'd say he'd do well at a mid-table side. Like say, I don't know if you could call them the table, but Newcastle, um, <laughs> they're they're really lacking a seem to be really lacking a midfielder. I think he could do well there, or at, uh, not necessarily the Premier League. He could go to uh, to the Bundesliga to say Schalke. They've been um, deprived of say Leon Goretzka. I think he could do well at Schalke, but there are so many opportunities for him. If he chooses to leave, I think it would, it would be a mistake if he goes to leave. Vlasishina isn't getting any younger. And Hakim Ziyech is somehow still in the team, but <laughs> looks like he will leave. Yes. So, so why don't we talk about Hakim Ziyech a, a bit? What kind of player is he, the, the Moroccan international? And where could he move? Because he was, again, linked with a plethora of clubs. I think uh, Everton, to name a few. I would say he's probably the best player in the league. Um, everyone's attracted to uh, really the forwards, but ZX, a midfielder, he's been absolutely sensational since uh, joining Ajax. Probably the very technically good at the ball of his feet. So good at dribbling. Uh, and he's such an enigma in midfield. Like can't remember his age exactly, maybe 24, 25. Uh, but you generally think... A club would come in for him sooner or later. It was last season. Uh, it was a bit of a weird one for him. Uh, he did voice his desire to leave several times, like he'd want a new challenge, stuff like that. There and apparently he had an, uh, an agreement, personal agreement with Roma. And then there was after last season, uh, they lost. Ajax lost away to PSV Eindhoven, three um, 0 They're absolutely humiliated. And with that match, the PSV won the title. And then when they Ajax coach came back to Amsterdam um, there were some angry fans Ziyech confronted them and then it was uh, the penultimate match of the season against VVV Venlo it was a bit of a weird match Ajax won but stadium was a bit empty which is no surprise but the Ajax ultras behind the goal were booing him generally when he was on the ball whereas Ajax fans everywhere else in the stadium were kind of cheering him and it was really weird when he when he scored a goal. Uh, there were really mixed reactions, sort of. But definitely been uh, Ajax's best player over the mm. last two seasons, certainly. Uh, but but with that kind of fan reaction, do, do you think there's a chance that 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 might drive him out? That even though uh, Justin Cliver ended up going to Roma, and uh, obviously they, they they have quite a few options out wide, he's still going to get some suitors, isn't he? Oh, definitely. As like Roma were interested in him, uh, I, I bet some other clubs, good many other clubs, were interested. You can't ignore how well he's done. I know Dutch Lee's put a bit of a hammering 
in recent years, but you can't ignore how well he's done. Just so incredible in the final third. It's hard to describe because he does so much so well and he's got amazing vision. Uh, and all this, you don't see that a player like him very often. And he does seem, uh, no offense to Ajax, but he like, seems like he's grown out of the club. And I would like to see him, say, uh, in the Premier League in some years. But I think Roma would have been a very good choice for him. Can't rule him out. I would, wouldn't rule him out joining, uh, leaving in January. Like Ajax haven't recalled some years ago. Anwar Al Ghazi left for Lille uh, mm-hmm. in January. Now he's at Aston Villa, of course. <laughs> but I definitely think there's a good possibility Ziyech will leave in January. Depends how well they're doing in the title race. If they're well adrift off of us, they might well, he might well want to leave. But it's certainly a weird, weird one anyway. Mm-hmm, certainly so but uh, I think we've covered those four uh, players that we've mentioned so far very very well and, and you've done them so concisely but with, with such detail Kevin thank you the last one is David Neres the Brazilian forward who, who uh, is quite a skillful player isn't he and what, what about him he seems to be a real talent in that team with, with Justin Cliver who, who just left obviously for Roma how, how high is this guy's ceiling because a lot of people in Brazil seem to rate him very highly he's a Brazilian and he plays for Ajax like it seems a recipe for being overrated but he <laughs> is a, a very decent player um, he arrived in January 2017 and he did have some critics because the fee was about 12 million euros I think and he didn't really do that well for the, his first few months at the club um, then of course last season he really he really blossomed new manager and all uh, on the right hand side in a 4-3-3 and very good at movement like his i'm sure like anyone can tell uh, even from their youtube highlight reel and stuff his dribbling is excellent very fast if i had one criticism of him it is he can be a bit too predictable and eager to take players on we've seen that in uh, in the away match against standard liege ajax were 2 0 up and then they ended up drawing 2-2 but Nerez wasn't particularly effective in that match he was like literally out muscled and couldn't live with being double marked. Other than that, being outstanding, there was there was a really good match. He performed against Feyenoord, who of course are Ajax's classical rivals. And in Rotterdam, he just completely tore Feyenoord apart. Uh, the Ajax ended up winning four one, um, and that really like that really epitomised what he can do. Absolutely caused havoc for the defence. But I just think he needs. Yeah, he needs to get some solid consistency to his game. Also, don't want to see him leave. He can definitely do with another season at least, even two seasons, really. Because mm, he, obviously he hasn't been there that long. He's only been there for, for what, 18 months now. So it, it might it might serve him the best if, if he does stay for a while. But certainly a player with, with great potential, David Neres. But uh, again, Ajax are known as a selling club. So I want you to give me, out of those five guys, who are the three most likely to leave? Most likely, I would say ZX number one, for sure. Uh, Van der Beek and then I would have to say oh it's a tough one between Neres and De Jong <laughs> I would say Neres just because he's not as ingrained to the Ajax 
faith, shall I say, as the other two, like De Jong and De Vector, Dutch themselves, so they'd know more about the club and what it means to the fans and stuff. Mm-hmm. Neres, not so much. That's but it might be a bit of a harsh uh, <laughs> criticism on him, but splitting hairs here with him and De Jong. Well, ho- hopefully he doesn't listen to this podcast. And uh... <laughs> but uh, we're going to move on to a couple guys from PSV, and the first one is is a guy that kind of set the World Cup alight, Herving Lozano. Why don't you talk to us a bit about him and how and how and why he, he ended up staying at PSV? Because it, it seemed for all the world that he was going to leave this previous summer. Been, I didn't expect him to be this good. Been outstanding on, on the wings. Couldn't believe when I tuned in to watch, like, say, PSV streams. He's been so good that there have been, like, Spanish uh, commentators or Mexican commentators, rather, because Lozano's doing so well and he's loved so much back at home it's 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 like a sort of a mexican version of mohammed salah i guess <laughs> but yeah played mostly on the left and loved to cut in and shoot love to shoot and shout uh, a lot from outside the box but inside the box i think it was his percentage of successful shots was like double something like there but anyway um one of the main reasons psv won the took their ready vc back from feyenoord Excellent at uh, exploiting space and timing runs. PSV are a team, were a team anyway under Philip Cuckoo, who liked to get their fullbacks forward. And that like, really pinned back, back the uh, opposition. And there was Lozano who knew when to time his runs and a through ball we played. And he had cut in, as I said, uh, and score. He did play on the right sometimes. He got the same pretty good at crossing too. Uh, would... A lot of t- a lot of you'd expect a lot of uh, wingers on their on the right hand side of their right foot to play in an ambitious cross, but he knew to drill it low, smartly uh, into the box, and for Luke De Jong to get on the end of. There is uh, some issue of discipline, but that that I guess that comes with age and the fact he is living in a totally different country to his place of birth. A quick one. How did how did PSV manage to retain him, though, Kevin? Because uh, off the World Cup, his price tag must have been through the roof, and there were obviously a lot of teams interested. So, how did PSV manage to retain him? And is it likely that he's going to be moving between now and next summer? Truth be told, I, I no idea how um, how he stayed put. Like, I would have definitely thought he'd be a uh, certain to leave. Uh, done so well, and normally especially Premier League teams, are eager to to uh, snap him up. I guess PSV uh, demanded too much for him, or oh, oh, it's difficult to say, because Philip Koku, uh, the manager, did leave, so it seemed like Lozano would follow suit. Uh, couldn't, couldn't tell you, honestly. <laughs> um, and what kind of level of club would, would we be expecting him to move? Two, perhaps between now and next summer. Uh, if he does, if he replicates his form from last season, you could definitely see him. Uh, I, well, I could see him go to say Arsenal, oh. uh, but it just depends. Unai Emery does like his. I'd say he would like Herving Lozano. Does seem like an Unai Emery type of player, mm. uh, like very aggressive and all that. Sometimes too aggressive. <laughs> uh, High intensity pressing as well, and 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 a, and a, 
and a club like Arsenal, who, who I dearly support, uh, don't actually really have any wingers at the moment, which is <laughs> which is strange. He was linked with uh, Liverpool, I think, a bit, who I support. Obviously, he wouldn't get as much uh, game time. I don't think mm. he would go there. We would pursue him anyway, um, but I'd say he could do very well at a club like Arsenal, who are looking to you know really rebound. And you know, it seems like Arsenal themselves are. I should say, struggling to acquire uh, <laughs> as some good players as they were a few years ago. Mm-hmm. So Lozano would definitely be providing the fees, not outrageous, would definitely be a wise signing for for them. But, and if you look at the, the profile of players Arsenal have been signing, if you look at Matteo Ganduzzi and uh, Luca Torreira, he, he falls into that bracket kind of like Luca Torreira, who's, who's young, but can get much better, but his, is also a player that you can use for the now. So I think that's why Herving Lozano is a player that's going to be coveted by almost everyone in Europe between now and next summer. I think he's a player that, as we've seen at the World Cup, can can do it against the best. He, he ripped apart Germany's defence. So uh, so it, 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 the world is his oyster between now and next summer. I, I think he'll try and perform as well as he can in Europe. And obviously PSV will try and make a uh, title assault, won't they? But one of his teammates, someone in the comments asked, and I completely forgot who it was, sorry. Uh, I think a lot of people actually asked about this, guys. Uh, uh, Steven Berg, Berg, Bergwin, is that, is that how you pronounce it? Steven Bergvain. Yeah, Bergvain. Yeah, Bergvain. <laughs> uh, why don't you tell us about him? I think of all the players that have been uh, that have been talked about in in the questions, he's the one that was least that I knew the least about. Sorry. So, why don't you tell us a bit about him and maybe his potential? Well, uh, he seems it seems like his early days is a bit similar to Frankie De Jong. Um, he was born in Amsterdam and he was originally with the Ajax reserves, but they let him go, I think, because of a dispute or something like that there. Anyway, PSV uh, snapped him up and at the age of 17, and he had been a bit inconsistent up until last season. That's where he really blossomed. Um, he featured mostly on the right-hand side, opposite to Lozano on the left, and absolutely caused uh, havoc. He would he would also be a player um, who will uh, get a lot of attention, I hope, anyway. Uh, but he's very... seems like the quintessential winger. Small, but fast, uh, and very difficult to dispossess. Like, he uses his... Uh, small players do not, I think, get enough credit. This... Like Bergvain has a low center of gravity, very good balance, and he's some easy sometimes on the counter attack, absolutely lethal. Just powers past uh, defenders. Also good acceleration. So if he's pinned in by a marker, he can drop the shoulder, and he also has a good bit of flair, like similar to David Neres, uh, and can beat his marker with ease. I think you can really uh, sum up his how far he's matured, like by his crossing. Um, his crossing has really improved. Uh, last season was excellent and really fitted PSV like a glove for Luke de Jong, a target man, would cross the ball in for him. Um, and it was just recipe for success. Sometimes he would, um, like if Lozano was out from a red card, <laughs> most likely, <laughs> um, he would like cut in himself and like to shoot, but... He's definitely a player who does not get enough praise. He's in very much in Lozano's 
uh, Shadow as well as the other Ajax players. He has, I think he was linked with um, Torino and very recently Bordeaux because mm-hmm. he sold Malcolm, of course. Mm. I think he would have done well in Liga. But yeah, he's a player who would need another good solid season just to, mm. uh, to keep his consistency going. I, I was going to say he's a player that could probably flourish without having Lozano. Yeah, for sure. If like PSV, uh, they lost Santiago Arias uh, to, I think it was Atletico. Um, and he's still doing uh, pretty well. As I said, P- uh, for Lozano analysis, PSV like to throw their fullbacks forward to create overloads. And now uh, he's, he's still doing well, even without the how should I say, support of mm. um, his right back and doing stuff more his own, making more uh, wise decisions on the pitch. And it's, it is interesting how he's, I think he's really picked up from where he's left off last season with under Mark van Bommel, who of course was himself a, a decent player. So I think you've seen pics of him and van Bommel talking and I think that's, he's really rubbed off on him mm. and made him a solid player. Well, I, I think we'll, we'll move on from the PSV boys though, Kevin, and we've got one more player to talk about. Uh, and that is Steven Bergwies. Uh, I, I don't know if I pronounced that one right either. I learned from uh, uh, Dutch commentators Berghaus. Okay, Berghaus. Uh, tell us a bit about him. He's the the, uh, the uh, Feyenoord midfielder who's uh, a former Watford man. It's all oh, winger actually. Sorry, my mistake. A former former Watford man, isn't he? Um, tell us a bit about him. I didn't follow. Pretty didn't seem like he was given enough chances, but he did play a big role in. He returned in 2016 to the Netherlands, uh, signed with Feyenoord, and why they won their first league title in many years. I think it was like 19 years, 18, 19 years, so ages. He's not the like the fastest of players, like as I said, Bergvain and Nere is both fast. Berghaus isn't as pacey. He is, I think he's 26 years old. He is a, more of an intelligent player in the final third. You seen last like last season, uh, Feyenoord just were not as they finished uh, fourth. They were well adrift of PSV and Ajax, um, and they were really quite poor in in attack. Nikolai Jurgensen, their top scorer from two seasons ago, didn't just wasn't as good this season. Um, and Berghaus like really much, very much uh, picked up the slack. Uh, got eighteen goals and twelve assists, I think last season, which is a sensational return. Uh, he is, um, like, loves to cut in. He is left-footed, plays on the right-hand side. He does, like, you should say, uh, some of his long shots are absolutely amazing. I watched him, I think it was last week, against uh, Herrenwein. Absolutely caused them chaos. Like, played fair amount of uh, accurate long balls. Um, and the defence couldn't live with it. Uh but he is like definitely an underrated player, just because he's failed at Watford and he's quite old and compared to the rest on the list, he is seen as like, you know, not as uh, I would say theatrical as the others. Mm-hmm. And do you think uh, someone in Europe would roll the dice in those top five leagues to to maybe make a move for Berghaus, or do you think his future remains in Holland? No, I definitely think. Uh, he can like it seems a bit similar to Ran Babel, who 
that like he did go to Liverpool at one stage and then he returned to Ajax and then he of course left again. Um, I think it seems a bit of a similar scenario to that there. You can definitely offer uh, a team who are missing, not necessarily a team like Arsenal or whatever, uh, but a little lower team. Um, can definitely offer them punch on the on the wing. Uh, definitely, definitely seems. I would say like maybe a bit too good for the Eredivisie, a bit mm. like Ziyech. Like he has done, he has been helped. I forgot to mention by Feyenoord, they brought in Van Persie, and that did help uh, Berghaus a bit. But he can definitely uh, offer another team in, uh, say, the Bundesliga, like very good value for money. Because he wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, uh, a fortune or anything. Mm. And so I'd say he would be a decent signing, slight signing. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll definitely keep an eye on that one. Uh, I'm sure the listeners will, especially if he makes that move into the top five leagues. I'm sure there'll be a lot of interest. But we'll move on to some of the, I think, longer form questions that were asked by the, the Football Index community. Uh, the first one comes from Football Index Genesis. He says, what sleeper talents are there playing in the Dutch league? We always hear about the Dolbergs, the Van Beeks and the Delicts, but are there any sneaky good youngsters on the up? Is there anyone that we haven't really heard of yet? Kevin, that who might explode on the scene, similarly to the Delicts. Uh, there is there's a player I quite like at Ajax called Karel Eiting. He is um, also a midfielder, very promising midfielder. Uh, I believe he's a a number six. He's been I think he's been likened to Sergio Busquets, but he is a very he's been very impressive for young Ajax. The reserves um, they recently won uh, the the second division of Dutch football uh, and Eiting was remarkable for them and he has been uh, rewarded with some this season with some uh, chances in the qualifiers which he has taken well just not at the right moment to get consistent game time he's definitely a player to keep an eye on and then there is from AZ Alkmaar uh, Teun Copeminers he's also a number six. He's only been. He hasn't been with the first team very long. Uh, like I think he made his debut in a four 0 loss to Feyenoord, which was harsh. He helped Azed. Like they finished third last season. They were very good. A very good team. With uh, I'm sure you know uh, Ali Reza Yahanbach now at uh, mm. Brighton. Um, but Coat Miners definitely a player to keep an eye on. Retains the ball well and is pretty good at passing. Uh, it's just a shame that as Ed were knocked out of the Europa League qualifiers. Would have really liked to see him uh, in Europe. Um, and then there is, yeah, from Feyenoord, uh, a striker called Dylan Venter. He hasn't he hasn't been in the scene too much, but he definitely looks like a, a decent player, smart striker. Not necessarily uh, isn't like Nikolai Jurgensen or Robin van Persie. Uh, he's smaller and seems nimbler. But I haven't seen so much of him. But just from what I, the match I has matches I have watched, he has looked like a a decent player to keep an eye on. Well, thank you very much, Kevin. There's there's a few there. Any defenders? I think you've mentioned a couple of midfielders and a forward there. But any defenders? Yeah, another for um, uh, there's one for Feyenoord called Tyrell Malasia. He is a left back, I believe. Uh, he's done well for the reserve sides and. He hasn't been outstanding for the first team, but he has done a, a solid enough job 
Feyenoord have lost in 2017. They lost two of their like important fullbacks in Karstorp, Ricky Karstorp to Roma and Terence Congolo to Monaco. And now he's at Huddersfield, I think. Yeah. Uh, but Malassia's done well there. And then there's also, um, I forget his first name, Mazraoui for Ajax um, because Joel Veltman got injured a few months ago for a long-term injury, like out for six months or so. And Mazraoui's done a decent job at right back for Ajax. So I'd definitely say them too. There are, I think there are a few off my mind. I can't remember them. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you've given us five very good ones that I haven't heard uh, of any of them apart from the Feyenoord striker, I think that you mentioned, but I think we'll move to the next question. Uh, This comes from Fitiendex LDN, who's been on the podcast a few times, and he asked about Kasper Dolberg. What's the deal with Dolberg? Was getting linked to United a couple summers back, but now you don't hear much of him. Another overhyped youngster, or did he just fall into the shadow of Patrick Kluivert? Patrick Kluivert? Justin Kluivert, of course. (laughs) It's it's a... It's a bit of a, a mix. Um, he was, as you all know, was uh, amazing in 2016-17. Um, and then just the season after, I guess, Peter Bosch leaving did kind of take the sting out of Ajax or something. Um, but he didn't start, Dolberg didn't start the reason the season very well. Um, Klaas Jan Huntelaar was brought in on a free. He was kind of, Ajax weren't very uh, patient over Dolberg. Huntelaar came in. And I think it was December, uh, Dober, he suffered a really bad injury, like a lengthy injury, um, and I kept him out for a good few months, and he only returned toward the end of last season. And even then, it was, he didn't get very much minutes, and when he did, uh, he didn't look near as sharp as before. Hopefully, he will, uh, he will improve now, but it is a sad tale. Hopefully, mm-hmm. he does. I would like to see him bounce back. Yeah. He was an incredible player. In that run up to the Europa League final, he he did do so well, didn't he? And he was he, he was just so so hyped. I remember at the time he was just the the person that everyone pointed to that 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 was going to move that that summer. Um, obviously linked to United as well uh, as LDN mentioned, but it's it is what it is, isn't it? There are always these youngsters who, even if they do have that one full breakout season sometimes in the in the subsequent seasons they don't tend to do as well but we'll definitely keep an eye on him he certainly has the talent a a player that might bounce back but this is a a really couple interesting questions from sean Uh, i forgot his twitter handle but he said how do you see the state of the Eredivisie in, in terms of talent depth compared to recent years? Has, has it improved? And then he also asks, if you ever think there'll be a European Super League or a Northern European League to help even the playing field financially for Dutch, Belgian, Scottish and, and Scandinavian countries. So what, why don't you dissect those two questions for us, Kevin? Well, if you look at the, like the Dutch League um, a fair few years ago, the talent was was amazing um like players stayed uh, until they're like three or four years at least in the first team um and obviously it's getting like they're leaving sooner and sooner so it is it's a bit of a weird question there's more talent coming in now pouring into the first team but it is very raw talent uh it's nowhere near as refined as years ago like you had wesley schneider and Rebel Nisselroy and they were very good in the like very uh, 
played the Dutch league uh, years ago, and now you've got players who've been forced in. They don't look so sharp or anything, but there is de- definitely more talent to come in. It's just a, a case of them staying staying put, which I hope in regards to the, the Super League one, I can't see the rugby one. It would be really tricky to organise. It seems a bit like along the lines of, uh, you know, introducing Celtic and Rangers into the Premier League. Yeah, I'm not um, sure how well that would go down. <laughs> um, like, obviously, I would like to see Celtic uh, in the Premier League, but I don't know about the Super League. It just seems so difficult, and I would, even though their Dutch league is uh, in decline, I do like it uh, on its own, as I'm sure other other fans would like it. Like, imagine travelling from Amsterdam to another city or something like there it wouldn't be it wouldn't go down well among fans that's for sure it, it's a bit like the whole la liga being hosted by uh us isn't it like it, it's I, I get it i get why a european or a northern european league would strengthen some of these clubs like the ajaxes like the psvs but remember football is so transient we we do have uh peaks and troughs where certain leagues are stronger than others i mean um in the 80s the italian league was the strongest we had a, a period of dominance for ajax there was a time when you know partisan rel but Red, uh, Red Belgrade were a big team. We had a period in um, the 2000s and, and the late 2000s where the Premier League teams did exceptionally well in the Champions League. Then we had an era where La Liga teams and up, to, up until now have, have dominated with Pep's Barcelona, Real Madrid doing the, uh, the, the decimer and then winning two Champions Leagues on top of that or three Champions Leagues on top of that. Uh, Atletico Madrid doing well in Europe and, and winning La Liga once in that time. So the next kind of league or teams that dominate could come from Italy they could come from Germany we we don't know so it football does go in cycles doesn't it Kevin so it, it wouldn't surprise us if we do see maybe not in the next five years but maybe in 20 25 30 years that the, the Dutch league does come back into prominence even though it's so it is so hard from a financial perspective I think it was I think I seen uh it was last summer um that the Dutch league did fall out of the top 10 leagues in the world um that has to be the like getting back into there has to be the first step of course it won't because as i'd say in dutch league won't it's it's not going to topple la liga and the premier league like that's going to be near near impossible um but i definitely think some teams uh, can do better uh some it seems like some coaches there's a bit of an arrogance because coaches like to play uh Four three three, um, because it's a real like proud Dutch tradition, um, and like they can definitely do. I think more. Of course, like players leaving is really tough and all, but it, it is going to go. It is going to be really difficult to go against the trend of you know modern football and commercialism and money ruining the game and stuff like that. There, it's enticing all these youngsters away, and that's how the league has been decimated really it's gonna be it'll be really difficult to reverse the effects of that because it's getting worse and worse yeah it's there's just so many variables isn't there kevin to, to what makes 
the, the depth of talent in, in a league's that deep, right? I mean, recently we've had, it seems like a conveyor belt of talent coming out of Germany and France. But in the Premier League, for example, it's a lot more financially orientated where they buy players from, from other leagues rather than maybe breading their own. But I think we've, we've spent a lot of time on this one. Got a, another question from Dr. Iron Portfolios, regular question asker. And he asks, do you think either PSV or Ajax have what it takes to do anything in Europe this season so at least leave uh, leave the their, their respective groups so that's what he means by do anything so what, what do you think here Kevin? Uh, seems well everyone goes on about you know the group of death I I definitely think PSV have been drawn into that with um, Barcelona Spurs and Inter it's I think there is a, a bit of a chance PSV can make it out it's Barcelona I think Barcelona will finish first but Spurs and uh Inter have looked, I think I'm writing saying they have looked a bit shaky in Europe in recent years. Um, but it, w- it would be a very much an uphill task for PSV to get out of that, especially considering uh, like last season in the qualifiers, they were knocked out by some, I can't remember the team, they're so like lowly and stuff uh, in the Europe, in Europe League qualifiers. Uh, so I think they could get third, but second would be. Oh, it'd be so difficult. Um, with Ajax, it seems Ajax seem to have a better group. Obviously, Bayern isn't the, uh, an easy opponent or anything, but they have been drawn with Benfica, who were, well, no other way to say they were really poor last season in the Champions League. Mm-hmm. I think they lost all their games. Yeah. Um, and they do, they do seem a bit in a similar. I guess, scenario to uh, Ajax, you know, they are a club who get rated a lot. Uh, and then, honestly, AEK Athens, uh, well, I'm not sure what, they looked all right against Celtic, um, but Ajax, I definitely think they can, uh, they can definitely get second in that group, I think, but third should be the, like, bare minimum. They shouldn't finish bottom of that group. And then, of course, if they finish third, then there's a run in the Europa League for them. But we'll keep an eye on those guys. I'm sure Football Index traders will be eagerly anticipating uh, performances from PSV and Ajax in case players that they own that play for those respective clubs do do anything in Europe and maybe even heighten their profile and uh, potentially get a move into Europe. But the last kind of area that we're going to talk about is the Dutch national team, isn't it, Kevin? So Ali G said... Or he wants to know your thoughts on the prospects of the national team going forward. Do you think a revamp like Germany had after Euro 2000 to the whole system is needed? And do you like the appointment of Koeman? I just started Koeman. Um, I was like, I really wanted to see him um, as head of the national team because it was ever since Louis van Gaal uh, at the World Cup. Like he went against the Dutch tradition and he played a counter-attacking um, football and... People were very critical of it, but actually done very well. I mean, like they humiliated Spain, for example, um, just by soaking up pressure uh, and then hitting him in on the break. And then, of course, Van Hal left and you had Gus Hiddink, didn't do very well. Then Danny Blind did even worse. And then you had Dick Advocat, who like turned into a, a bit of a meme because he said he laughed at a reporter for saying that, what if Sweden beat Luxembourg 8-0? <laughs> in their penultimate game and he, he just laughed after that <laughs> uh, but yeah I definitely think 
like Ronald Koeman seems committed. He has said before it was his dream to be uh, the Netherlands manager. He is already seen that he isn't like uh, Blind and Hudink, like he goes for the typical 4 3 He has like Van Hal and Bert van Marwijk from the 2010 World Cup. Um, he has resorted to a defensive approach. Like if you recall against, um, it was against Portugal. They won 3-0. Um, and it was like really, they, they soaked up the pressure and Ronaldo didn't get, I don't think he got a sniff of goal or anything. It was like a really impressive performance. Five at the back and then hitting them on the counter. I can't remember. Uh, I'm not sure how the match is going tonight. I've seen they were 1-0 down to Peru, which is <laughs> sort of uh, kind of destroys my argument a bit. But I definitely <laughs> think Koeman is a, a step forward. He has, he didn't say, interestingly, leave out Bergwijn. But what was the other que- part of the question? Sorry. Uh, the other part of the question was um, whether or not you think the national team needs a revamp like Germany had after Euro 2000. Yeah, well, you look at Germany and it's like that revamp was um, amazing, done wonders for them. Um, and you you think for the Netherlands, it wouldn't obviously it'd be difficult to replicate because Germany, like they set up uh, scouting facilities and training facilities and even in remote parts of the country and stuff like that there. Um, the KNVB, which are the Dutch... Football Association, they've come under a lot of scrutiny for uh, lack of investment. Like, they've even come under uh, criticism for, like, not investing enough in uh, natural pitches. Like, they've built a fair amount of artificial pitches instead of uh, natural grass, which kind of sums it up. But they could uh, definitely do with um, a revamp if that would happen. I don't think so. Like, they, they seem to point nearly a lot of the time like poor man- choice of managers I don't think Koeman falls into that but if you look at the manager history it's really uh, like a lot of the managers have gone managed for a second or third time definitely think Netherlands could do with some sort of revamp the quality in the squad is like shocking mm. really really bad especially <laughs> from 10 years ago yeah, if you compare it, compare it to uh, when we had uh, I am Robin Wesley Schneider and Robin Van Persie all at the peak of their powers, you're talking about in their positions three of the you know top ten players in their respective positions. If you look down that Netherlands team at the moment, you can't really say that about many of their players, can you? Which is a big problem. This might need a whole generation of players to come through the likes of Delict, the likes of um Frankie de Jong which we've been talking about the likes of uh Donny van der Beek uh it, it's gonna take a while this isn't gonna be a quick fix but it, retrospectively looking at it uh if football index profit under uh, wants to know your thoughts on why the Dutch national team has underformed underperformed last in the last four years because whatever you think about them whatever the, the talent that is there, there is still something there and you would have expected them to make the, the World Cup. So what are your thoughts? It's definitely like comes down to three reasons. Um, one, the complete lack of uh, quality in the squad, uh, as you were saying, um, players leaving earlier and earlier. And then if you look at, I'd say, Memphis Depay and Vincent Janssen very much uh, epitomise that. They were banging goals in for uh, PSV and FC20 mm. uh 
sorry, I'm not sure if it was a Might have been actually, <laughs> I forget. Uh, it was a while back. Um, but bang goals in for their respective teams, and then they go off to the Premier League, and they were, you know, weren't given much patience, especially Janssen. I mean, he's been shipped off to Turkey. It seems really, it seems like he's been shipped off to Siberia or something like that there. Uh, you have that there, and then you have, as I was saying, the KNVB not appointing very good managers, don't make the correct decisions. I think they released a document saying project for the future, um, and that was only to really appease um, critics, really, they didn't really act upon it or anything. And of course, you've got the managers, Hiddink and Blind, they just didn't seem to know what they were doing. Uh, it seems like so many managers are uh, like are stuck in this past of like the four phase three will work out well. If you look at and it's it's come back to really bite them because if you look at the twenty ten World Cup, like Spain eventually won it with a style that came from the total football, um, which the Netherlands uh, set up. There was some hope, like Peter Bosch, he. Uh, he did do well, and then current Ajax manager Eric Ten Hag. He seems to be sort of an out of out of the box uh, thinker. Mm. Would like to see him as Netherlands manager in the future, but definitely have to have managers who are not stuck in this old old way of thinking mm. and are ready Koeman, to, to break the mold, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Koeman's doing uh, well. He hasn't had to hit the ground running, but I still have almost faith in him. Something's got to change because it's such a downward trajectory. It seems. Like, well, if you look at even if you look at say France from 2010, they um they seem to hit the lowest of the lows, but they managed to uh, build themselves up eventually to world champions all in the space of eight years. So I definitely think there is some hope for Netherlands, even if it I mean, uh, doesn't necessarily mean revamping their entire youth system. Yeah, certainly so. And you need a bit of luck, don't you? I mean, not every team is blessed with having uh, Paul Pogba, Kylian Mbappe, Mane Dembele, Griezmann, uh, Umtiti, Rafael Varane all come at the same kind of time. So I guess they just need another wave of those Robin Van Persie, Schneiders and Robins to come along again. Uh, That not golden generation, but that generation was certainly a team that was so close. But obviously, if you don't win a trophy, it's, it's only ever looked back as what could have been, not what what you won. So hopefully some of the players that we've discussed earlier in the episode can maybe be part of that, um, that revamp and part of that, uh, you know, part of that future of the the national team, especially when you have a generational talent as uh, as Matthias De Ligt, who can lead and be a future captain of the of the national team. So uh, we'll see how that pans out. But Kevin, I think I've I've taken enough of your time today, mate. Um, where can people find out more about you? Uh, I guess just on my Twitter, I go I ramble on about uh, some uh, Dutch football sometimes uh, and Liverpool, of course. Um, I do. I have take. I haven't wrote so many articles in a while. I do have a blog, um, which has some Dutch football on it, uh, like which touches on some of the points I've uh, been making about downfall of national team and so on. Um, but it is mainly my Twitter handle, which is uh, Varmanzoon, which is div- difficult to <laughs> <laughs> when when you hear it to to spell out. Uh, but that's it, basically. 
I'm not that big. I'm not a journalist or anything. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you so much for coming on, man. Your your insights were, were so appreciated by myself, and I'm sure when the listeners hear, they they, they will uh, appreciate them as well. But um, and you're 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 of Irish origin. You, you live in Ireland, and in the Football Index, uh, as we record today, their CEO announced that uh, Ireland will have access to Football Index within two weeks. So maybe you can spread the good word. I'll be excellent, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. And if you guys want to maybe not only listen to my voice, but but look at my face, then head over to the YouTube channel, Football Index Guide YouTube channel, if you want some tutorials and videos that might help you trade and invest better on Football Index. And why not? Uh, subscribe to the newsletter as well me for tndex ldn and, and liam have been putting that together for three fortnights now and that goes out every fortnight and uh that has some very decent stuff over 600 subscribers to that and if you want to hear my voice bore you on another football podcast where we talk about football exclusively not just football index then you can head over to at state of play pod on twitter which is uh hosted by myself and matt santangelo who's a Serie A expert and uh he's quite a funny guy if you guys are looking to collaborate or uh for sponsorship inquiries please email me at football.index.guide at gmail.com and if you're listening on your commute i hope this makes your commute fly by Uh, and i'm also going to shout out to the non-commute crew because uh, as i've been shouted at many times on twitter that not everyone has a commute you know it's it's 2018 some people work remotely some people don't don't even work so uh and some people are students that don't need to have that much of a commute so uh, uh i guess you guys are lucky if you don't have that long a commute thank you very much for listening and i'll, I'll catch you next time <laughs>